Do you have a disconnected brain? Our guest this week is one of the most respected specialists in childhood neurological disorders in the world and says that some of the most creative and gifted people that he has worked with, well, they have an imbalance in their brain, but there is something that he can do. And a balanced brain just might make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody, and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. Hey, y'all, welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. If this is your first time listening, I am so grateful that you are here. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. Such an honor to have Dr. Robert Melillo, who is one of the most respected specialists in childhood neurological disorders in the entire world. He has been helping children and adults overcome learning disabilities for over 30 years. As a clinician, university professor, brain researcher, best-selling author, radio and TV host, his cutting-edge research and success with over a 1,000 children in his private program is what led to the creation of Brain Balance Achievement Centers. Brain balance, though? Come on, y'all. Why would someone want a balanced brain? Well, because that's when our brain is working optimal. When our brain is able to have equal communication between the hemispheres especially, but when all areas of the brain are easily accessible, when we can uh, get a number of different areas of the brain to fire at the exact same instant in time, that's when our thoughts are more expanded, right? Basically, when you look at a person that is more intelligent, what is the difference, right? And the difference is that they're able to coordinate multiple areas of their brain to be able to come online and fire at the exact same time. So somebody who can coordinate more areas of their brain to fire in any given moment or thought or idea or memory is going to be able to have more content in their thinking than someone that doesn't. So does that make sense? Meaning the more content you have, the better your brain is functioning. So to be able to to coordinate all of those areas of the brain to work together the brain has to be firing in a synchronous way. And to do that, the electrical activity in both sides of the brain need to be basically equal. When he was talking, I couldn't help but ask this question. Y'all know I have some very elementary questions here. Come on now. How do I know my brain isn't balanced? What this is known clinically is a functional disconnection syndrome, right? So this is where, you know, the brain needs to functionally connect. And all the research in the past at least 20 years in mental health, in psychology, psychiatry, neuroscience has revolved around what we call functional connectivity in the brain. Meaning it's not about structural connections, it's about really functional connections, which comes down more to timing, coordination, things like we just discussed. So what we see is that almost all mental health issues, whether you're talking about depression, anxiety, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, uh, autism, ADHD, OCD, Tourette's, tics, Almost all of those things, even even drug addiction, are a product of this imbalance that usually is developmental, meaning it starts in childhood, and it disrupts the normal functional connectivity. So 
and but what we actually see in the person, and again, because this often starts in childhood, is the people that are most likely to be unbalanced are the people that are most talented and most gifted in one area of their brain. What happens is we have this what's called unevenness of skills. And anybody that's ever studied many of these mental health issues, but especially neurodevelopmental issues like autism or ADHD or dyslexia, you know that there's this classic unevenness of skills where they're really good, even genius level at certain things. And they're really low at other things. Yeah. Even when we do IQ testing, we can see that some of their skills are like genius level and other skills are below, below average or maybe even in the, in the really deficient range. And so this unevenness of skills that we see where people are really good at certain things and really struggle with anything, that's a classic sign of an imbalance. Here's something that came up too. So when he's talking about, you know, a lot of people who are gifted have some of these issues, I'd be kind of concerned if I have a gift, like let's say it's writing or something. If he starts coming in and trying to balance my brain, is that going to weaken my natural gifts, the things that I'm good at? Yeah, it's a great question. And the answer is no. How do we know that? Because, you know, um, I started a company called Brain Balance Achievement Centers, where we've been applying my science and we've worked with, I think, something like 70 or 80,000 kids um, from all ages, from basically five up to 21 throughout the United States. And we do objective testing, cognitive testing with, let's say, academic achievement scores and a test called the Wyatt test, which is the gold standard. And what we're able to see is we're able to see that Again, measurably, some of their skills, like let's say the left brain does things like basic math operation, decoding, spelling, mm -hmm. word reading, right? And so we'll see that kids will, let's say with ADHD, will have incredible left brain skills. And some of their scores may be two or three or four or five grade levels above where they're actually at. And then we see other things like the right brain does reading comprehension, math reasoning, uh, listening comprehension some of the big picture skills. And we'll see that those same scores in those same children, maybe two, three, four, five grade levels below their grade level. Mm -hmm. Some of them can have a 10 grade level difference in like a sixth grader, right? Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. But then when we restore this balance by building up the underdeveloped and actually see their objective scores go up, we see that these other high scores don't come down. They stay where they're at. Not only can they can they still access that genius level skill, but now it's con it, it's controlled because whenever we look at any of these issues like ADHD, for instance, what is actually happening in the brain and very few people anywhere in the world and especially clinicians of any kind have no idea what that is. What really is happening is that we see that, you know, what is the hyperactivity coming from? Well, the networks on the left side of the brain that control different aspects of human behavior and we'll activate those. So there's a motor network that makes someone physically hyperactive, like you know, a child is running all over the place or, you know, gives them maybe ticks, like vocal ticks or stims. Then we have another area that controls cognitive function. And that can be like an OCD type of thing where you're constantly thinking and you can't stop. Or we have, you know, a motivation part of the brain so that we're hyper motivated or a little bit manic at times. And so the, the hyperactivity comes from overactivity of networks in the left side. And the, uh, and the, the attention deficit is from the right. The right mm -hmm. side does what we call sustained attention. And we know that there's a deficiency in certain networks in certain areas on the right frontal lobe, but also that 
the, the breaking mechanism. So the left brain initiates a thought and action, a movement, and the right brain is inhibiting all the other actions and movements and thoughts that we could be doing at that time. So we're only doing one thing at a time, and which people with ADHD don't do, right? You're doing multiple things at the same time. Sure. And then you should stop it when you're done, right? And move on. But that can't happen. So it's OCD or it's, you know, keep on moving or you can't slow down or shut it down. And the right brain breaking mechanism isn't there. It's underdeveloped. It's not broken. It's just underdeveloped and immature. And the left brain is so strong that the right brain can't slow it down. And so in almost all of these issues, what you see is you have some symptoms are caused by hyperactivity and hyperconnected areas on one side of the brain, along with underdevelopment and underactivity of others. And whether you're talking about depression, depression, what we have is decreased activity in the left frontal lobe. The right brain emotions are things like fear and sadness and disgust and guilt and shame. So we get overactivity of that, underdevelopment of the left hemisphere emotions, which is happiness mm -hmm. and curiosity and anger. And what we see is we are depressed, right? So we have too much of this and too little of this. And that's what all these issues are. So again, targeting the underdeveloped, underactive areas and stimulating them with a variety of different stimuli builds that up and then creates this balance. And there was a study, uh, independent study of my work at Harvard um, over two years looking at ADHD and looking at my work in, in, in one of the best labs in the world, actually in McLean Hospital, which is the number one mental institution in the United States. And this is exactly what they showed after two years, that we were able to build up the brain on the right side and showing functional changes and anatomical changes, but it dampened the hyperactivity on the other side and it promoted integration between the hemispheres and it basically corrected ADHD at its core. He keeps talking about techniques. What are these techniques? Well, it's, again, targeted brain stimulation along with diet and nutrition, but really it's about, because diet and nutrition isn't specific, right? Mm -hmm. and, and again, a lot of the diet and nutrition issues that come about like gluten sensitivity or dairy sensitivity, yeah. or inflammation, that's secondary to this imbalance in the brain because mm -hmm. the brain also regulates everything. It regulates your immune system. Mm -hmm. It regulates the autonomic system and your digestive system. So if your brain is out of balance on either side, you have an increase of what we call your fight or flight and decrease of your vagal parasympathetic nervous system. So you don't pr produce digestive enzymes. You don't produce hydrochloric acid. Um, you don't digest food properly. You have reduced blood flow to your gut so you don't absorb nutrients and vitamins and minerals the way you're supposed to. You end up with a leaky gut, um, yeah. which is really a gut that never really closed up because we start out. As, as infants with a leaky gut. So then that, and then you also have an overactive immune system because the left hemisphere activates the immune system and the right brain stops it. Just like we talked about ticks and motor activity. So if you have a right brain deficit, you have an overactive immune system and you are, have a tendency towards autoimmune issues. Like almost every child I work with, especially nonverbal autism, they have a history of eczema in, in infancy. And it almost mm -hmm. always comes on when they're first introduced to dairy. Mm -hmm. And so, but is dairy bad? No, it's just that they can't digest the dairy appropriately. And then it triggers an immune response and the body starts to attack itself and its skin cells thinking it's a bad guy. 
because it's overactive. And so when you're looking at all these digestive and, and the, really the key issue is to correct the brain. When you do that, those food sensitivities and all of those things go away and you don't need to do it anymore. And again, we've done thousands and thousands of blood tests looking at food sensitivities before and after. And we've shown that we can, in 90% of the kids we work with, we completely eliminate them at the end of the time that they're done with us. Stimulate your brain. That kind of sounds scary. What do you mean by stimulate your brain? Well, we will use different types of stimulation. So the, the, the most important stimulus is something called motor activity, right? Movement, stimulation from your muscles, uh, big muscles, small muscles, eye muscles. And there's something called primitive reflexes. So this is something that really is a focus of a lot of my research, especially of late. We're all born with these reflexes that allow us to move and engage the world and suck and grasp and do all these things that infants do, right? And then eventually they roll over, eventually they crawl on their belly and on their hands and knees, and then eventually stand up and cruise along furniture and then walk at one year is when they should walk. No matter what anybody says, that's when a child is supposed to walk. And all of those milestones come about because of these primitive reflexes that at one year should then be inhibited completely and go away. Mm -hmm. What we've been seeing is that almost all kids that have some developmental issue and most adults with mental health issues, they have retained primitive reflexes from infancy. And this has really slowed down the development of their brain. It's basically blocked a lot of their development, which causes the other side of the brain to kick in too, too much. And this is where most of these imbalances start or are certainly exacerbated. So what we need to do is get rid of that blocking by doing certain stimulations like sensory stimulation to the skin or getting them to do certain exercises. Then we use other sensory stimulation like specific sounds, specific frequencies of sound, specific frequencies of light and color can be used to stimulate one side of the brain more than the other. We can do like different smells or, or specific for the right or left brain. Um, we can do vestibular, inner ear stimulation, eye movements. Uh, we get people to do different types of cognitive skills, like academic skills or computer games or mm. different things like that in combination. But we can also use, like we use what's called transcranial direct current, which is a electrical stimulus that we literally put on your head that can actually create a, a balance. We can use a, electromagnetic type of stimulation. And all of this stuff is FDA approved for things like depression and ADHD. We can use laser uh, and infrared on the head directly and target specific areas and specific wow. And we can use different goggles or light that, that flash at a specific frequency. I've created specific frequencies of, of music for right brain and left brain. And we can use all of these things in combination. I'm also uh, president of a company where we've created video games and virtual reality games that target right cool. brain and left brain. And we're going to be going for FDA approval on this very shortly as well. I love his message because there's so much hope in it. But I was wondering how long with working with him and using these techniques, how long would it be before I would see improvement? Adults with ADHD, um, you know, usually we're working with them between three to six months to, to correct the problem. So what we're looking to do is, is literally correct the underlying issue, right? Because there's nothing preventing us. And again, other than the fact that, and it's almost always in people that are really talented. I mean, I work with a lot of really gifted people, celebrities, mm -hmm. uh, celebrity kids. Yeah. It's something that it usually takes about three to six months, but to see changes usually happens right away. Now, if I'm working with a child, let's say, who's nonverbal autistic, 
Um, you know, that'll be probably at least a year that we're working with them, but we'll usually see results quickly, like within the first, usually first week or two, we usually start to see fairly significant change. And um, I mean, just amazing. I mean, I'm working with kids that have genetic disorders that we're told that they'll never see, they'll never hear, they'll never Mm -hmm. walk. And, you know, within uh, a couple of months, we have them on their hands and knees and crawling and, uh, you know, getting up and and standing. Even in the most extreme cases, uh, we get results very, very quickly. Guys, make sure you connect with Dr. Melillo at drrobertmelillo.com. That is linked in the show notes. You can find his books, his Instagram, his courses. He's literally changing the world. And again, what I love about his work is there's so much hope in this. And I hope you felt that things can change. Even your brain, your brain can change. Oh, I think what you just said was very true. I think most people um, are, you know, given a lot of misinformation, they're told that these most issues are genetic and there's nothing you can do about it or that there's nothing you can change. And, and there's a lot of movement towards acceptance, which I totally get, right? I totally yeah. think yeah. that anybody with an issue, whether it's autism or mental health issue or whatever, that they should be met with acceptance for sure. But I don't think acceptance, you know, means that we don't do anything for them, right? That we, right. Um, that we give up and we just say, okay, well, you know, they can't change. They can't get better. Everybody, no matter how high functioning you are, can get better. We can all improve. It's always at the level. And, you know, the things that that most of these people, and like I said, kids with autism and ADHD, they literally are extremely gifted. And they do have this certain level of genius. And all I'm trying to do is really enhance that genius and bring it out, not trying to change people. Um, But, you know, so that's the thing. Accept people for sure. But don't give up uh, because there's a lot that can be done. Don't give up. There is a lot that can be done be done. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, y'all, whether it is loving on plants for mental health, juggling, or balancing your brain, we hope you take a moment for yourself today and keep that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.